0: My Seven Chakras, episode 116.
1: And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My
0: 7 Chakras and now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up action takers, AJ here and you are listening to My 7 Chakras, a show where we not only share ideas and insights but also understand how people have used those skills to face fears, overcome life's challenges and find their life's purpose. So far, I've had 115 amazing guests on our show, 115 stories, 115 new ways of thinking, 115 new books to read and 115 different problems overcome and I'm sure you've enjoyed the journey. So far, as much as I have. Now, one thing I know for sure is that you're committed to transforming your life, and many times it's so hard taking action on your own, right? And I want to let you know that it doesn't have to be that way. When you meet like minded people who are on a similar journey, just like yours, and people who just get you, things are different. And that's why, Action Taker, I invite you to the official hub for the Action Tribe on Facebook, where we share ideas, provide feedback, cheer one another, and take massive action. How do you join? It's really simple you got to visit my 7 forward slash tribe. Once again, that's my7chakras.com forward slash tribe. So, visit the link, click join and let's make this world a better place to live in together. And with that, we are all set to welcome our featured guest for today, Action Tribe, Keisha Gallegos. So, Keisha, are you ready to inspire?
1: I am ready.
0: Awesome. So, Keisha Gallegos is a certified master life coach, intuitive speaker and author of the little book of Big Mojo, the secret decoder ring to unleash your superpowers. She's been helping people get their mojo back since 2009. Sakisha, so that was a short intro about you, but I'm sure our listeners are waiting to get a glimpse into your life. So, take about a minute to share.
1: Sure. Thank you for that. Well, I've been a lifelong spiritual seeker, AJ. I have been reading about spiritual matters since I was a tiny little kid, that funny kid always coming home with books about ESP and God and spirituality. <laughs> um, I'm a master certified life coach now, as you said, and an author. And I call myself the Mojo Whisperer because I can help find anyone's mojo and uh, help them realize their gifts. I'm also a Reiki master and intuitive, like you said. And I actually read my client chakras part of our work together to help them to grow and change. And I've been doing readings for about 23 years now. And I actually love helping people tune into their intuition. So that's one of the things I really work with with my clients is helping them tune in and trust their own intuition.
0: Wonderful. Thanks for sharing. Now, Keisha, I'm not sure if you've listened to any of our other episodes, but we usually dedicate the first few minutes to inspiration so that no matter what we are doing, we can come back to the here and now and be ready for the amazing insights that you are about to share. All set? All set. Awesome. So what is your favorite inspirational quote? And also tell us how you apply the quote to your life.
1: Okay. So there's one by Anais Nin. And I saw this quote at a time in my life where I was really struggling and it actually helped me. And I'll talk about that later. Um The, the quote is, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. I love this quote because at the time that I heard it, I was in a very nervous place where I felt like I really couldn't grow and I needed to stay very tight in the bud to remain safe. And I've used it over and over with other clients, helping them bloom into their Potential rather than staying in the supposedly safe bud because we cannot actually grow and protect at the same time. So I absolutely love helping other people blossom into their full potential and help them leave that bud place behind when they're ready.
0: Wonderful. I think that's a really powerful quote and a powerful analogy as well, blooming versus remaining in the bud. Action tribe, sometimes in life, you know, you take action, you take action, but then there's a point beyond which you need to actually bloom and get to a whole new level. And the risk of remaining in that bud is worse than actually blooming. And at that point, you need to know what question to ask, you need to know what book to read, and you need to know who's that person who can help you get there because it's so difficult to achieve what you want to achieve all alone. And that's the reason why we're having this show in the first place. So thanks a lot, Keisha, for providing us with that awesome, inspiring thought. Now, before we actually move on and dive into your story, help us get accustomed to the term mojo. What is a mojo?
1: <laughs> mojo is a really fun word that I've always loved because it <laughs> just sort of embodies spunk and sass. But what I think of mojo as is actually an acronym for your magical, original, joyful offering to the world. And this just sort of embodies what it is for people to have a spark or that passion about themselves. So it's something that's actually kind of definable because it's one of those things that makes you who you are. It's not something that you have to find or, you know, go searching the the world for. It's actually inside of you. So all you have to do then is be able to uncover it, all the thoughts and beliefs that have kind of kept you in a different place that maybe you're not as happy with, more conformity, and allow you to dust that off and allow your true self to bloom.
0: Wonderful. I love the acronym, magical, original, joyful offering. And I think all of those things really, Matter equally, right? You might have something that's magical, original, and something that you can offer. But if you don't have joy to offer that, you just won't be able to continue. Your why might not be aligned, and you won't be able to experience that peak exhalation, that exhilaration once you offer that to your community. So Action Tribe, magical, original, joyful offering. Think about, I'm sure that you have that thing within your mind that meets all these key attributes. So Keisha, what really inspired you to write your book, The Little Book of Big Mojo?
1: Well, I was really tired of seeing other people as I had beat their heads against the wall, trying to figure what is my calling? Because most people that come to a coach, that's one of the things that they're looking for is what's my life's path? Where should I go from here? And what I noticed was that finding what your path is and what your calling is, is actually much simpler than the human potential movement would lead us to believe. It's not something that we need to find really outside of us. It's actually looking at our gifts that we've had all our lives and the things that we enjoy and just figuring out, okay, how do I want to use that Mm -hmm. to be able to benefit the world and to, to, you know, elicit joy in ourselves. So one day I was coming home from an an Oprah conference, which I love these inspirational conferences. And I actually just heard a voice in my head that said, Mojo, magic, original, joyful offering to the world. And then I started, you know, hearing all these mojo killers, you know, things that kill your mojo. And I just started, you know, typing them into my phone as fast as I could. I was a passenger in a car, you know, in a very desolate area in California, driving home, and I just started uh, writing it all down. And it was like a really nice download that felt very true to me and how I see people. And that's how the book came to be.
0: Wonderful. So Keisha, one of the most popular questions that people email me about is AJ, how do I find my true calling? And that's why we always ask this question to our guests, what is your calling? And how did you find your calling? Because that really inspires our listeners. And it's so interesting that you got this idea after returning from an opera conference. So Action Tribe, this is key, because as you are heading towards your vision, as you're heading towards your goal, it's important to find your tribe, find those like minded people, find that place where everyone is congregating and sharing those ideas, because I'm reading more and more about these books about the energy field, right? So when you're in a group of people, who think like you act like you you know want to be 10 years from down the line someone who you or maybe a guru that you also follow but someone who resonates with you the energy field automatically affects you in a positive way as well you might not realize that but once you come back home that's when it strikes you as it did to you so thanks a lot for sharing sure now let's talk about the challenge what are some of the factors or situations under which a person's mojo might be suffocating or limited
1: Oh my gosh, there's so many, but really the basis of all of them is fear, fear of one type or another. And so what the, the mojo killers that I have listed in the book, um, there's 15 and I'm sure there's many more, but these are the 15 I chose to write about. And there are things like being afraid of making a mistake, comparing ourselves to others, uh, conforming into ways that aren't really our true selves, uh, Thinking, overthinking. So I have all these funny names for it, but I'm just kind of giving the, the general idea. Um, analysis paralysis, uh, settling, settling for things that are not for our highest good and not believing that we are worth more. Selling out. So doing things just for the money, even if we hate them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big one. You know, most people are in jobs that they really don't like because of the paycheck. And it's completely understandable. But there's actually a better way to go. You can actually enjoy what you do. So I love helping people with that. Another one is being afraid to shine. So hiding your light, being afraid to stand out, which I call turtle shell syndrome. The other one is uh, Darth Vader heart, which is when you've been hurt so many times that your poor heart is like a little crispy critter Mm -hmm. because it's been hurt so much that we then get cynical and we don't allow people in. We don't allow new inspiration because it's safer again to stay tight in that bud than it is to bloom. Another one I call is slothiness. and we have no sense of urgency. I'll do it tomorrow. Uh, maybe we can do that later. Oh, someday. Or I'm waiting for Friday or vacation. Uh, I'll work and no play doing way too much work and staying busy for the sake of being busy rather than allowing yourself to take time to play because play is so important. And it actually helps us do our work better. It helps us be more productive. Uh, another one is stage fright. So being afraid to get out there and, you know, maybe being afraid to talk to you even, Um, you know, putting yourself out there and allowing yourself to really shine. Energy vampires is another one when mm. we don't have healthy boundaries and we are very very uh, affected by other people around us that are draining our light they see us as nice sparkly people and it's like people just want to siphon that um, because they're hurting but that doesn't mean that we need to give all of our energy to other people and then the other two are having friends in low places so meaning again friends that don't serve your best interest so this doesn't have to be an energy vampire but it can actually be someone that does not have your best interest at heart or is is more innocuous. It, they're just not in the same place as you are. You want to grow and maybe they want to stay the same. And then you just lose having all of that, um, all of the same things in common. And then the last one is depression. And that one is not funny at all. The other 14, I kind of make a funny spin on, but there's absolutely nothing funny about depression. Mm. Um, I've had depression. I've worked with a lot of people who have depression and it's a very, very hard place to be able to find your mojo in it. That's really a mojoless state, and depression uh, is something that really needs to be managed medically, and then with, of course, I think I believe in Western and Eastern medicine coming together, and so you know definitely working with a doctor, and then also doing alternative practices like if hypnosis works for you, or Reiki, or uh, energy work, um, anything that brings positivity to your life. So those are the main things that I see as killing our mojo, and then I give all the antidotes to that. So so it's not just, oh, my gosh, I have these things. Now what do I do? That's what the whole book is about, is bringing that forward.
0: So it's interesting you mentioned comparing yourself to others. And the good thing about humans is that we always want to go to the next level. We're never satisfied about how much we've achieved. But sometimes that might bite us in the foot because no matter how successful we are, we always tend to compare ourselves to others. And based on some of the podcasts I've listened to, some of the shows I've watched, billionaires face this too. So, what advice do you have for someone who might be going through this challenge?
1: Yeah, it's so common. So, just know that it's normal to look amongst your tribe and see how far am I. Um, But then to say, gosh, you know, other people are probably saying the same thing about me. So, It's one of those, the grass is always greener. And I actually call it Costco cart syndrome. You know, when you're in Costco and you're looking at someone else's cart and all of a sudden their strawberries look bigger and juicier and they have way more fun things in their cart. And you think, gosh, how come I didn't see that? And then all of a sudden you look in your own cart and you have the same thing. Uh, I think that's really funny. It's so human nature. And so one of the best ways to counteract that is to count your blessings. Look inside of you and see what the things are that are special about you that other people are comparing themselves to.
0: Interesting. you talk about the connection between what are rational mind is saying and what our subconscious mind is saying. And you say that sometimes they are not in alignment. So for someone listening to the show this very moment, could you give us an example to understand this better? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. If there's someone that is in a new love relationship and you're feeling in your heart that this person is wonderful and you're starting to melt and then your brain will start telling you things like you can't trust him. You need to be very, very worried. He doesn't really like you he really actually likes someone else. Um, You need to be very afraid. You need to protect yourself. Those are beliefs that are coming forward that are meant to protect you. So we have, I'm sure you've talked with a lot of people about our reptile brain and how that's the oldest part of our brain and that that's the part that actually keeps us safe. So we need it when we're being chased by a bear or, you know, a serial killer, God forbid, or something where we need to be able to get up and run it. It makes our fight or flight reflex come to life. So the problem is that when we're... We're listening to that in our daily lives now where we're not being chased by a bear, hopefully. Now we're listening to those fears because that's the whole job of our reptile brain is to be able to keep us safe. So there are going to be thoughts that go through our minds that tell us, Oh my gosh, you need to be afraid. And actually that's one of those times where we need to bring the the old adage, you know, don't believe everything you think and realize that those are just thoughts that are going through our minds. But the feelings that we have in our body that we can trust because our bodies never lie, but our brains lie to us all the time. So noticing how you feel when you're with someone and especially after you leave, because when we're in a social situation, what happens is we're in more of our social selves. So we are, you know, doing all the things that one does when we are in a a public situation. You know, we may smile, we react nicely, we're polite. But then when we go off by ourselves, that's when you really realize what kind of energetic impact your exchange just had on you. So notice, are your shoulders slumped? Do you feel kind of, Hollow inside? Does your stomach hurt? Do you have a headache? Do you feel tired? Noticing how you're feeling is really. The real you and the thoughts about it are the things that we rationalize to make things okay that aren't. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that our body never lies, but our brain lies to us all the time. So Action Tribe, listen to your body, especially when you are all alone. Maybe you've gone to an event, a workshop, a conference where you've met some people. You just know that you have a positive vibe with certain people or not so positive vibe with certain people. But when you're alone, when you're away from that social situation, ask yourself and then you'll get the answer based on what Keisha just said. Now, one of the services you offer, Keisha is Healing Mojo. I know it includes chakra healing, Reiki, and a whole lot of good stuff. So what's the process like?
1: Oh my gosh, it's one of my very favorite things to do, AJ. I get excited just talking about it. (laughs) I use (laughs) all my skills at one time, which is so fun for me. What it is, is uh, my friend, Carolyn Ulitsky, who's an amazing intuitive massage therapist. She and I have developed this way of healing people. So what happens is we first look at your chakras, which just, um, we just go into a quiet kind of a contemplation place, and you're lying down, and we're giving you Reiki, and then uh, we start talking about what it is that we saw with the person lying on the table. And what we do is we talk about what we saw in your chakras. So our chakras mm-hmm. are little information centers, and they capture everything that's happened to us and what our energy field is doing in the moment. So it will be kind of like going through your hard drive for different mm-hmm. aspects of your life, because each chakra is obviously um, attributed to a different area of our lives. So what we do is we look through the chakras. We talk about what the chakras look like and what that means to the person. And then what we do is, you know, giving Reiki the whole time, we start talking about the blocks that are there, or the divots, or the you know pieces of energy that are cloudy or maybe impacted in a way that isn't positive. And then obviously, really echoing back to the chakras because I the chakras kind of remind me of little kids. They love to be seen and encouraged, which is a really funny thing to imagine. But it's funny because if we actually talk. To the chakras—they get very excited. So, like root chakra, doing such a great job keeping AJ safe. Done a really great job with that. And it's funny because I can feel the root chakra kind of perk up and go, "Why? Thank you. I haven't had any—I <laughs> <laughs> haven't had any accolades lately. Thank you so much." And so, it's great to be able to actually show the person where they're really, really strong, and then what some things that are maybe holding them back, and then moving that energy through. Also, seeing if there's any guides that are there for the person. We mm. see animals lots of times that have passed over. Uh, and then sometimes there's a conversation that happens between our patient and then someone who has come through that's actually passed away. So there have been all kinds of conversations that we've facilitated and healings that really, really can help someone move past something that has been very difficult to only heal with the mind and the rational part of us. Because the thing is, all of our feelings are stuck in our cell tissue. So things that we yeah. haven't completely processed are still hanging out there and I believe that that's really a big huge factor in illness so to be able to acknowledge the things that we have stuck in our chakras, stuck in our cell tissue and actually be able to just acknowledge those feelings so if you had a traumatic event or something that was just heartbreaking, um, being able to just talk about it and allow it to release in a very non-judgmental atmosphere, we just let that energy go and then the person can heal because it's been acknowledged so that's actually my favorite thing to do. That's what a healing mojo session looks like. And when people are done, they're sort of usually blown away by how <laughs> cleansing it's been and how healing and how seen and heard they feel. And that's because your shockers are so thrilled that <laughs> they've gotten some attention.
0: And tired too.
1: Yeah, tired too. Yeah. Sometimes we're pretty, <laughs> th- yeah, they're pretty wiped out. It's just a cleansing process. It's like a bunch of stuff has been released. And so it, mm. it can be tiring or it can be really energizing, depending on what the person is actually going through. So yeah, it's a really, Interesting, cool process.
0: Wonderful. So, I'm sure that's a really, really amazing experience. Action takers, if what we're discussing isn't making a lot of sense to you, then consider reading the book Healing Hands by Barbara Brennan, because that will tell you a lot about chakras, the uh, energy bodies, the auras, and give you specific exercises that you can use yourself to take your learning to a whole new level. But of course, you know, the right way would be to contact uh, a person who's spent a lot of time work with them, and then you the book as a complimentary source. Someone like Keisha who has been there has done that and we're going to talk about the website so that you can see the videos and know for yourself. Now Keisha let's go back in time. How did you first get into the field of energy healing?
1: Well I took a workshop with I always wanted to learn Reiki and so I went to a Reiki class and it turned out I was the only person in the Reiki class <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> which <really>? was
1: fabulous <laughs> because I really got to know and now this woman Shelly is one of my nearest and dearest friends. And uh, so she was the Reiki master that I learned from. And i had always just wanted to see, you know, what would it like to be able to do hands-on healing? And it was amazing. And what ended up happening actually was I was doing Reiki on my friend, Carolyn, who is who I work with doing the healing mojo practice. And I actually started hearing, um, it was actually information about what she needed to do to be able to heal. And I said, Oh my gosh, what the heck is this? And it was really, Interesting, AJ. It was like, and this sounds really goofy, so you know, hang on to your hat. It felt like I knew what I was doing, even though I had absolutely no rational reason to know what I was doing. So I believe it's probably past life stuff where we've we've actually done this kind of work before. This is nothing magical to an indigenous tribe, you know, in the Amazon mm-hmm. or um anywhere where there's been shaman work done. This is something that people have done for millennia. So what I'm doing is really no different than that. But But what was interesting was that it really awakened this latent uh, ability in me. And and so I've been using it ever since. And it's just an amazing way to find healing for things that maybe have been a hard... You've had a hard time being able to heal by going to therapy mm. or trying to talk your way through it. Sometimes talking isn't enough.
0: True. That's so powerful. In fact, uh, based on so many conversations that I've had with our featured guests, almost all of them at one point started doing something irrespective of how much experience they had uh, in that field. But when they did that, they just knew it deep down that this is what they were meant to do. And that's what we discuss during our magical moment phase of our interview, because uh, like you said, it might be a past life experience. It might be something so deep down. It might be your task that the universe wants you to do. And that's like a message for you that don't worry about how much experience you have. Don't worry about how much money you have, how much resources you have. You just do it and things will fall into place. So thanks a lot for sharing those amazing stories. Now, for someone listening to this show right now who wants to build some momentum by taking action, is there a simple health tip that you'd like to share with our listeners? Mm,
1: a health tip. Okay. Well, this is probably not the thing you hear all the time, but I actually think that keeping myself away from negativity and not believing all my thoughts is actually really, really helpful for my health. Another thing that I do is I actually clean my chakras regularly, which sounds really funny, but actually anyone can do that. All you do is you can picture your chakras and you actually just picture that there's maybe like a dustbuster or a scrub brush and you just go in there and you just give attention to each chakra. And you just notice what you're feeling and then just clear out anything that isn't serving you. And you can actually just say, you know, please help me to clear out anything that isn't helpful. And you can actually just sort of, if you can imagine that you're sending that down a grounding cord into the earth to be transmuted, that's actually one of the most helpful things you can do. And then remembering to bubble up after. So protecting your own energy so that you're walking around in a field of your own energy that is a little bit less permeable than if you weren't thinking about keeping uh a little bit of uh boundary around yourself so that you're marinating in your own good energy after you've done that. Uh, Because a lot of people find that they're exhausted after they go to malls or if they're in crowds or if you go to Walmart. And that's because every time we are with other people, we're mixing with their energy and and want to do that. With certain people, we really want to do that. But with other people that are a little less conscious, it might be negative for us. So just keeping a healthy boundary and keeping all of that nice energy that now after you've cleaned your chakras, you can go ahead and keep that to yourself. It's really nice. And then you can go through life beaming that out to everyone else.
0: That is so powerful. I completely agree. In fact, my story started with that itself. I just stumbled upon a chakra healing video on YouTube and I tried it out. It felt amazing. And I kept looking for more and more of these videos because like you sort of suggested, every guided meditation, although we are chakra cleaning and cleansing, the guided meditation is slightly different. People have different ways of creatively visualizing. And when you do visualize initially your chakra, which is might be dirty or gunky or sort of weak. And then when you transform, Form that visualization into this bright, swirling red orb, you feel much better. And it's just the basics of energy healing and energy cleansing. So action takers, I'm going to add this into the show notes. To access the show notes for this episode, visit my 7 forward slash 116. That's my 7 forward slash 116. Most great people have attained their greatest success just one step beyond their greatest failure. This is a powerful quote by Napoleon Hill. Action Tribe, realize that you are not the only one facing challenges. I face challenges all the time. There was a time when I was pursuing a full-time MBA, doing a nine-to-five job and running a thrice weekly podcast show so that you guys could get inspired. And there were moments when I asked myself, how much more do I have? How much longer can I go? But you know what? The best part about the universe is that you never know how close you are to massive success. You never know what lies beyond that door that's right in front of you. And as Napoleon Hill once said, you never know what might open up for you once you go beyond that initial failure. So action takers, if an average guy like me can push harder one step at a time, so can you. Keisha, take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. How did you look at that situation? And then how did you finally overcome it?
1: Oh my goodness, there's so many. (laughs) Um, Well, One that was really, really difficult is actually really why I wrote the book. I was so trapped in my own thoughts about what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And I was really banging my head against the wall and, you know, arguing with my husband and financial pressures were coming in. I had a son who was going to college very soon and we were nervous. And uh, it was actually uh, right around 2008 when all of the financial markets were collapsing. I remember what a scary time that was. And I was trying to figure out what is my calling? What is my calling? And I actually went to another Oprah conference in 2008, and I actually had a friend that dragged me there because I had really become pessimistic and sad thinking, I'm never going to be able to find what I really want to do. And I was actually about to enroll in a program where I was going to be a full-time teacher. So I had been substitute teaching. I was going to in- involve myself in a program where I was going to become a certified teacher and have, you know, little kids all day long. And uh, I really knew I didn't want to do that. I really did. I felt physically ill thinking about it. And I was kind of hoping that I wouldn't pass my classes, my, my tests that I was taking. And uh, that's a really good indication. If you want to fail your test into something, that's probably a good indication it's not good for you. But what ended up happening was I went and I saw Martha Beck speak. And Martha Beck is a, a PhD from Harvard. Um, she has a PhD in sociology and she's one of uh, Oprah's speakers. She's she's someone who does a um, an article for Oprah Magazine every month. And so I really Mm -hmm. wanted to see her speak. And she talked about actually training life coaches. And I didn't even know that life coaching was a real job. I thought that only movie stars had life coaches. I didn't realize that this was actually an industry that was about to burst wide open. Uh, So when she said that, it actually... When I In my body, again, talking about your body, it felt like I had been struck by lightning in a good way. It resonated so deeply within me, AJ. It was really amazing. It was that moment that people wait for, that, you know, life, you know, altering moment. So what's real interesting that I want everybody to hear is immediately I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I wonder if I could do that. And then all the doubts started to come. That was when my brain, my lizard brain, started to rattle on. And, but I still felt the way of the excitement. And so I went home and I started looking it up and realized, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, what if I don't have the right degree? What will I need to do? Do I have to travel? And it ended up being such a wonderful, easy process for me to do. And what ended up happening was I couldn't actually pay the money to go and get my teaching credential, I couldn't make myself do it. But yet, when it came, came to mm-hmm. pay for my life coach certification, that was easy. And it was actually the same exact amount of money down to the penny. So very interesting how it felt like way too much money to do something I didn't want to do. And then when it came to doing something I really wanted to do, it was so easy to spend the money. So very interesting. And that actually turned out to be the best decision I made because after that, my life improved dramatically. I made new friends. I had amazing contacts. I had amazing uh, cohorts within my class that I became lifelong friends with. And now I have this amazing practice where I get to help people um, in ways that I had kind of been trying to do before uh, with friends and family. And actually, I was with people that actually wanted my help. And now I had tools to use Mm -hmm. to be able to help people move towards their highest potential, which is so exciting for me. So that's actually how I faced one of my hardest challenges was by actually going to something that actually helped me a lot. And it changed. I feel like I was meant to be there so that I could get that inspiration. So don't hold yourself up in a basement when you're feeling, you know, discouraged, get out into the world and allow yourself to be inspired and motivated because there's something out there for you.
0: Wonderful. So looking back now, in just one sentence, what is that one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Mm, my gosh, you know, One thing that someone told me a long time ago that actually really stuck with me was when you do something that's actually really good for you, it's actually really good for everyone else. And when she first told me that, I thought, my gosh, that sounds really strange and kind of uh, selfish. And as long as you're not a sociopath, this is excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as long as we're not hurting anyone else, but when you do something that's actually really good for you, it's actually good for everyone else. And now I really understand that because when we're doing things that feel good to us, so like for me, going into coaching rather than teaching, that actually made a chain reaction. In my life. My husband actually worked for Apple for years and it inspired him to quit his job. And now he's a personal finance coach, which is amazing. Mm. Now he wants, you know, he has his own business. So even though he wasn't for me being a coach at the time because we were scared about the economy and what a great time to start a business in 2008 when everything is collapsing, not really. So the idea that when we do something that really makes us happy, that it's really good for everyone, that has really been the case. For me.
0: So thanks a lot for sharing your story. I love the cascade of events. You were trapped about what to do in life. And I'm sure that this is something all of our listeners can listen to. And you decided to take action instead of becoming pessimistic. You went to the Oprah conference at one point. In fact, at that point, you were going to become a teacher, but you didn't really want to do that job deep down when you asked yourself. And then you went for the conference. You saw Martha Beck speak who spoke about life coaching and that hit you. As you mentioned, it struck you like a lightning, but a good type of lightning. And you wondered, you asked yourself, can I really do that? Action Tribe, when you want something, you will find a way. You see, we've all come together for a reason because deep down we realize that there is nothing as powerful as the human spirit. History has shown time and again that once a person finds her direction, then nothing can stop her. And it is your turn now to write your own story on the sands of time. Because as James Ullman once said, challenge is the core and the mainspring of all human activity. If there's an ocean, we cross it. If there's a disease, we cure it. If there's a wrong, we right it. If there's a record, we break it. And finally, if there's a mountain, we sure do climb it. So Keisha, have you found your life's calling? And for the benefit of our wonderful listeners, what is your life's calling at this point in time?
1: Oh my gosh, thankfully, I have found my calling, finally. <laughs> and my calling, I believe, is to help other find and use their gifts. So find their mojo and bring them out into the world so that they can be of service in their highest capacity. So my mojo is finding your mojo.
0: Wonderful. So looking back now, was there ever a magical moment beyond which you knew without a doubt that your life was about to change? I'm guessing what that moment is, but I'll let you share that with our listeners.
1: Well, there were a few, but definitely this particular in- incident that I just talked about when I saw Marthak mm-hmm. speak and I was going to become a coach, I decided, oh my gosh, maybe I can do this. That was actually a really magical moment. This uh, Another one was when I was talking about uh, doing Reiki for my friend and he Hearing that voice and realizing that I was learning how to heal in a way that I didn't know that in my conscious mind that I knew how. So those were two really magical moments, but you know, I think part of the reason why I had that magic moment, AJ, was because I actually took a step in the wrong direction. And let me explain that just for a minute. The wrong direction for me was getting my teaching credential. So when I was making the steps to do that, because I didn't know what else to do, it became so obvious. And I think the universe helped me out by putting that Oprah conference in my path to say, no, no, do this instead. So it was really in the nick of time, but I think me actually making going ahead and moving forward, even though it was in the wrong direction, it's better than standing still. And I think in those moments, that's when a magic moment can happen for you.
0: Wonderful. So I think what this speaks to is the fact that we can't really connect the dots looking forward. We can only connect the dots looking backward. There are so many things that you might be doing right now, Action Tribe, which completely doesn't make sense to you. But in the future, those very activities would all come to help. Those all skills that you have taken time to learn will be transferable in your final role. Because Keisha, I'm sure that a lot of your followers, your tribe, your community resonate with your background in teaching as well, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody is very surprised sometimes to hear that, you know, I was teaching little kids, um, because I'd actually been doing intuitive readings for years. And Mm. so you know, I I made a joke the other day with someone about being the psychic substitute, uh, you know, and that just cracked (laughs) her up. So uh, yeah, that I had a job that I really I enjoyed it for a time, but I outgrew it and I held on too long. So yes, absolutely. I have had jobs that have not really served my highest potential. So I know what it's like to really want that for yourself.
0: Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing those moments. I think they're so, so inspiring. And like everything comes to an end, we have arrived at the last part of today's show, a rapid fire round called the wisdom round. Are you ready? I'm
1: ready. Great.
0: What is the best advice that you have ever received?
1: Don't settle for a life that's second best just because you don't see the end of the road or you know how you're going to get there.
0: Name a personal habit that keeps you strong.
1: Mm, My relationships with my women friends, my relationship with my husband, my kids and my doggies. Doggies are so important.
0: That's so true. So, Keisha, what is your morning ritual like?
1: (laughs) Okay. This isn't going to be very exciting, but uh, first I don't get up right away after my alarm goes off because I am not a morning person. I actually lie in bed for a little while, maybe 20 minutes. And I think about what kind of day I want to have. So I set my intentions. Then I go down and I greet my doggies and they're very enthusiastic to see me. So, you know, it's hard to be grouchy because I told you I'm not a morning person. I kiss my husband good morning. And then I eat breakfast. I make a list of what I want to accomplish that day. Of course, coffee have to have coffee. Don't even talk to me until I've had coffee. Uh, Check email, Facebook, and then I hop in the shower. I get my best ideas in the shower. I actually keep a pad and pen in my makeup drawer in my bathroom because I get so many ideas of things I want to do when I'm in the shower. a productive time.
0: Absolutely. I was just thinking about this the other day, waterproof, you know, idea generator, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there you go. An idea right for you <laughs> or for any listener listening out there. Uh, Keisha, what is the most powerful book you've ever read?
1: Oh my gosh, this is a hard question. Okay. The first book I think of is Steering by Starlight by Martha Beck. And that one is, I think, one of the most excellent books for finding your calling. I also love The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer for spiritual growth and learning how to question your thoughts. And then just for courage, I love the book You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. That's a great, great book too. So those three kind of came to mind as when I need something, I go back to those books over and over again.
0: So Action Tribe, to access today's show notes, visit my sevenchakras.com forward slash 116. That's my 7 com forward slash 116. So Keisha, it's been great today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really, really grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you.
1: I'm really, really grateful for my intuition. It makes life so much easier when you can rely on your intuition and not have to work so hard. And then how you can find me at my website is Keisha Gallegos, which is dot com. Or if you can't spell that, the com. <laughs> I hang out on Facebook a <laughs> lot, you can find me at Keisha Gallegos or Mojo Whisper. And actually, I, we offer the Healing Mojo sessions or life coaching sessions over the phone too. So even if you don't live in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is where I live, we, uh, Carolyn and I, can work on you for Healing Mojo or I can talk with you and figure out your mojo on the phone.
0: Wonderful. So there you go, Action Tribe. If you have listened so far, it means that you're really, really interested to find out what your mojo is and stop it from being suffocated. And if that is something that really resonates for you, then go to keishagayegos.com. K E I S H A G A double dot com or the Mojo Whisperer. Dot com. We'll have both these links up in the show notes so that if you're confused about the link, you can just go to the show notes page and click and then head straight over. I know deep down inside, you might have a challenge that you're going through right now. You might not have the right resources or the money or the relationships, but no matter where you are at this moment, there is a path ahead. And there are people like Keisha who have dedicated their lives to helping other people as well. So I think it's about time that you need to ask the right question to the right person. And it's so simple in front of you. So so, Keisha, thank you so much for coming to our show today, talking to us about how to find our mojo and taking us one step closer to a human revolution.
1: Thank you, AJ. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for the work you're doing in the world. We need you.
0: seven chakras go to my S E V
1: E N chakras download your free gift get inspired and take action transform your life today